Welcome to Integrated Infrastructure, a podcast dedicated to bringing you news and views from industry leaders involved in the development, design, construction and management of the many built forms that make up Australia's integrated infrastructure. This is episode 14 of Integrated Infrastructure, and this week I'm talking to Kirsty Edwards, Project Manager at ProBuild Constructions in Sydney. I'm a big fan of Kirsty and what she's achieved so far in her career and her outlook on life, leadership and the industry as a whole. This week we talk about the crazy year 2020 has turned out to be and the changes and opportunities that have arisen as a result. We talk about how Kirsty first wanted to be an architect and the rather alarming question she was asked in her first interview with a contractor. We talk about the great start she had in the industry and the great people she's worked with at both Lendlease and ProBuild. We hear how a casual boardroom chat led to her leading the six-star Ritz-Carlton Hotel project in Perth and the challenges of being an out-of-state female getting to grips with such a high-profile project. There's much more in the podcast, so jump in and listen to the brilliant Kirsty Edwards. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Please like, share, comment and subscribe if you do. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Kirsty. Kirsty, welcome to Integrated Infrastructure. Thanks ever so much for, for coming on the podcast today. Hey, Paddy. Um, it's great to be on the podcast. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, as you know, we're a short form podcast, so let's get straight into it. Um, um, if you could just give us an idea about who you are, who you work for and, and, and what you do, that would be fantastic. Yep. Um, so Kirsty Edwards, I'm a project manager for ProBuild Construction. Um, I've been with the business for just over seven years. I came through with a, well, studied a double degree in architecture and construction management at uni. Um, previous to ProBuild, I was with Lendlease, or what was Bovis Lendlease back in the day. Um, and then I've just sort of worked my way up into project manager role. Um, I've also worked across the country. So I'm originally from Melbourne, um, spent most of my time in Melbourne, moved to Perth for two and a half years, and then I relocated at the start of this year to Sydney. So that's me this year, <laughs> thank you very much. And this year, what a year! I mean, what a six months. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, I'm. I think I just got in at the right time before all the craziness happened, and I'd literally just moved into my new place um, as lockdown started. So uh, my timing was spot on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and then it has been a crazy year, hasn't it? I mean, I mean, what what are the biggest you know, changes or impacts that you've seen in the last six months? Um, I suppose moving across the country, I was sort of expecting that we'd be just heading straight into another project and, you know, boots on the ground, straight on site kind of thing. Um, But, yeah, with COVID, everything kind of changed really quickly. Um, So it's, uh, yeah, spent a fair bit of time working in head office, working in new business. Um, So there is the markets obviously shifted really quickly um, and very dramatically and we've had to be able to respond to that Um, and that's anywhere from I suppose the types of tenders that we're looking at um, and the types of projects that we're looking at is in comparison to what we were six to 12 months ago are very different so Mm -hmm. really diversified um, portfolio of work Um, and then I suppose there's been positives to it as well in the impact of COVID in the change in people's mentality around flexible working um, we've been forced to work flexibly 
Um, and I think as an industry, we've, you know, it's really helped prove to us that we can work flexibly and that our roles are ones that can be a bit more mobile. Um, there's certain roles from an on-site delivery point of view that aren't as uh, flexible, but there are mm. definitely a lot of roles um, within the wider construction industry that can be done in a flexible work working environment. Um, we don't need everyone sitting in a meeting room. We've got Zoom and Teams that we can correspond by and everyone can be actively involved in any meetings that you've got. Mm. Obviously, on-site, we've had to adapt to those needs. Um, and there's obviously been some big changes and some dramatic changes in how we move personnel around, how personnel interface on site. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's, you know, that's really affected the industry, but it's also been something that everyone's just gone, we've got to keep working and we've got to keep the industry going so people have gotten on board really quickly um, mm. and sort of taken it in their stride. That's fantastic. And we, we were talking um, a moment ago and um, about a conversation I'd had yesterday as well, and just saying that this is um, uh, for, from, um, you know, sort of, you know, mid-tier and, and top-tier builders for the point of view, this year has been the busiest bit, busiest year tendering than many years beforehand, which is um, incredible considering the economic situation we're supposed to be in. Yeah, definitely. So um, I suppose I, I've always rolled from project to project at a site level. Um, I haven't really had too much of an opportunity to spend much time in head office in new business and um, working through that process, which has been fantastic for me because it's really, I suppose, opened my eyes into another part of the business. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the different types of projects that we're working on and the volume that are coming through um, is amazing and you know it's it does put clients in a great position because they can get their best bang for buck mm. um, but it also is I suppose it's opening our eyes into other ways that we can be more efficient on site and how the impacts of COVID are affecting our site how we can make that more efficient on our jobs. Yeah, fantastic. In, in the press, we see a lot about uh, about the infrastructure boom coming and the next big wave of infrastructure. Um, but it sounds like there's going to be a big wave of building work coming as well. I mean, when do you expect, you know, and and from a probably you know activity point of view, as in actually getting to site and things taking off, where, where you know, what point in? I'm presuming it's next year. Um, do you do you see that sort of picking up? I uh, personally, I'd say in the second and third quarter of next year that you start to see things really picking up. Mm. Um, I think the infrastructure boom as such, complementing that is the building side of things and building vertically or horizontally, whichever way. Um, yeah, I think that will really start to kick off that second, third quarter. Um, hopefully everything starts to calm down and there's a vaccine that's found, um, which will definitely help to, you know, um, boost in business um, or the comfort level that people have with moving forward mm. with their projects. So, yeah, I hope the second to third quarter next year we're back boots on the ground and really thriving in the industry. Yeah, there's a real confidence thing around this vaccine, isn't there? I mean, I'm, I have to be honest, I'm not that confident. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> but we can we can we can all hope, can't we? And you know, uh, try and find some. And, and if it's not there, we we need to find those solutions to get that, that yeah. level of comfort from something else. Yeah. And I think that's where, our, you know, as an industry taking on a dif different way of working, um, 
we have been able to show that we can we can demonstrate that there is another way to work um, and we can still be efficient and we still can make money doing that. Um, mm. So really adapting that and continuing it through. It wasn't just a, a Band-Aid, I suppose, for a period of time. It's something that we've got to take through. This is everyone keeps referring to is the new normal. And, yes, that's what it is. It's the new normal and that's a way that we're going to have to continue to work. So vaccine or not, um, I think that's, you know, those changes that we've seen on site of what we're going to have to continue working through because once COVID's over, there'll be another one, another version of it that we have to be cognizant of um, in how we're working. So, yeah. Yeah, no, quite, absolutely. Um, let's talk about you for a bit. Um, your last project was uh, the Ritz-Carlton um, Ritz in Perth, which um, um, in, in, in Elizabeth Quay, um, which um, it's an incredible project um, in its own right. And um, for you to have delivered that um, in, in, in the, the, the leadership role is, is fantastic. It's fantastic um, um, as, a, um, as, as anybody in the industry, but as a female leading a project like that, and also somebody who has then been parachuted in from out of state and um, doesn't necessarily know the, the Perth market. Um, um, so, you know, con- congratulations. I know the project's still being nominated for awards, you know, a year later, um, you know, from, since, since when it's opened. Um, but I, I'd love to go back and, and understand, um, you know, how you got into the industry. What, where, where did you come from? Because you trained to be an architect first, didn't you? Is that right? Uh, yeah, so I wanted to be an architect when mm. I was at school. Um, and I had my heart set on being an architect for quite a few years. Um, so I wanted to, yeah, obviously wanted to study architecture. I was, you know, gunning for the RMITs in Melbourne um, because they were they were the place to study. Um, I didn't quite get the the marks to be able to get into um, archie at uh, RMIT, and I did a diploma of building design and technology, um, which was great because it really gave me a really firm, practical grounding um, in construction and in design. Um, and from that, I started working for a firm. In my, it was in my first year. Um, I started working for a small firm, and one of my colleagues there, she was studying. She was at Deakin, and we were talking about, you know, what was next. Um, and I had said to her, "I'm not sure if I want to, you know, go down the architecture path or go down the construction path." And she said, "I'll oh, have a look at Deakin. They've got a double degree." And yeah, I went to their open day, and yeah, from there that changed my mind, and yeah, set my way on the architecture and construction double degree. Um, I worked in practices the whole time during uni and TAFE. Um, I, you know, I really enjoyed the architecture side of things. The first firm that I worked for, I had a lot of, um, I, I had the ability to do whatever part of the project, I suppose. Um, my boss gave, gave me a lot of rain. Um, then I moved to an, another firm, which was down in Geelong, because uni was down in Geelong. Um, they were great. You know, another boutique firm doing a lot of alpine regional work. Mm. Um, so that was great, different area of architecture, but I still had that burning desire to get into construction. Mm. Um, I interviewed with one uh, sort of tier two, tier three company in Melbourne and sat down with their construction manager and he went, why Why do you want to come into a bloke's world? And I went, oh, okay, that's, that's not what I was expecting uh, as the response in an interview. Um, and, but it didn't really deter me all that much. Um, 
Can you remember what your answer was? Sorry? Can you remember what your answer was? No, I can't. I have thought about that, what my answer was. I think I was just a bit taken aback by it. Yeah. Um, I think my answer back then was probably a bit different to what it would be now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I still have that desire to go into the construction industry. Mm. Um, And, yeah, I kept working away for small architectural practices and probably a year or so after that I had a call from a mate who was starting as an undergrad with Lendlease on the Royal Children's Hospital and he said, do you want some work? And I said, yes, that sounds amazing. And, um, yeah, went in and had a chat with a couple of the guys there and then started a couple of days later. Um, So that was my, I suppose, introduction into the industry. Um, I did do my Masters of Architecture um, back when I was at uni and it was just one of those I wanted to do that for myself. Um, So I thought while I'm there, might as well get, get it over and done with. Um, and then, yeah, went out into the big bad world of construction. So, um, yeah, was an undergrad on the Children's Hospital and then went on to their grad program at Lindlease. Um, so, yeah, really good, strong foundation in the industry, mm. um, working for them, working on one of the biggest projects in Australia. So it was great. I got so much exposure. I had really great people that I was working with, um, you know, from our senior construction manager, um, the guys that were then project engineers that are now construction managers at Lendlease, um, then the design team and the design management team, our project director, you know, I had you know, interfaced with all of those guys and girls. Um, that was fantastic. And then working on the hospital, um, that's a really rewarding project. You still have people come up to you and say, oh, I was at the children's the other day and, you know, my kids saw whatever area and they thought it was amazing mm. um, that, quite rewarding to have that as a part of your, I suppose, construction history. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can imagine. And you, you um, yeah. so, you, so you, you started off as a grad and got your got, got that full sort of um, scope of experience across across all of the different sort of areas that you could work in. And, yep. and, and where, where did you sort of hone in on after after that sort of grad program? Um, so I went into a project engineer role um, and went and ran a structure um, out at a data centre in Clayton in Melbourne. Um, so that was great experience. We dug the whole um, bit of concrete, a lot of concrete, a lot of Rio, um, and a lot of steel went into that job. Um, so, yeah, very much something that I hadn't been exposed to on the children's. Um, mm. But, yeah, I really wanted that all-rounded um, experience there um, and getting that bit of, I suppose, every phase of the construction cycle. Because I had a design background, I am... Um, I suppose that skill set came quite naturally to me. Um, so I thought I wanted to go into the design management side of things. Um, and I'd sort of raised a bit of interest in it, but I also wanted to stay on site as well. Um, it was when I was at the data centre, there was I just kind of fell into a role with ProBuild. Um, and I'd said to the guys that I wanted to be a design manager, and they said, oh, we can't offer you that at the moment, but we can offer you that on the next project and mm. they did. Um, so, yeah, I came across as a project coordinator, so similar type role. I had a pretty small job in Hawthorne. Um, that job I got to see every phase of the construction process, which was so beneficial. Um, that job really gave me that, yes, I, I enjoy site. Um, 
And yeah, I suppose seeing every part and being a part of every side of the project from design through procurement, on-site delivery and handover was fantastic. Um, and they're sort of experiences that I still draw from going, oh, what do we do on this project in this phase? Um, so that's, yeah, definitely helped. Um, went into a design management role on the next project um, and realised that, yeah, was good at it, but it wasn't something that really got the juices flowing. Um, and, yeah, I did that for about 18 months, if that, I think. Um, and I uh, said to the guys, I can't miss site and I want to go back to site. And so, yeah, there was a good opportunity. I did a couple of weeks of new business and then got thrown out to site just to help for a couple of weeks while it was quiet. And, um, yeah, from there, my, I suppose, career path changed back into the more site delivery-based roles. Um, so mm -hmm. I went into an assistant PM role. And then into a PM role after that. Um, and, yeah, that was fantastic. Again, being parachuted into a project, which I was only supposed to be there for a few weeks. Mm. Um, and it was really just to help out the guys and girls there. Um, but it was a really good way to build um, a good foundation with the team because I was coming in to purely support them to get to their final goal. Um, but it built really good relationships with that team. Um, and that really helped when I went into a PM role on that job to, to lead that project through to completion mm. um, in the second stage of that job. So, um, yeah, I suppose that's how I got to the PM role. Um, and then the Perth opportunity was just a casual conversation between our ops manager and a commercial manager sitting at the boardroom table after one of our meetings. I was like, oh, I'm always one that's working, Perth. And... Uh, I said, oh, there's a small hotel over there. Would you be interested? <laughs> I went, uh, yes, that's a bucket list project. Um, so, yeah, um, probably know, eight months later, I ended up uh, on my final flight from Melbourne to Perth um, yeah. and all my life in a shipping container sitting somewhere between Melbourne and Perth and, uh, yeah, moved over there. So it was um, – it's been really good um, having that opportunity on various different projects. Mm. Um, but, yeah, going into the Perth market, as you mentioned, um, being inter from interstate and from Melbourne, um, interstate female into a market that you don't know, um, I really learned that relationships are the most important thing to the building process. Mm. Um, and I remember saying that to one of our now He's now just become a project coordinator in Perth. Um, he's just come off his program and he reminded me quite a few times. He said, Kirst, in uh, your interview, you said to me, in our interview, you said to me, you know, it's relationships that build buildings. Mm. And in our roles, it definitely is. Um, and Perth really taught me that um, yeah. it's a tough market to crack. Um, it's, yeah, it's. I suppose every market is slightly different in the way that they work. So really learning how to adapt to that was super important. Mm -hmm. um, I must say I did find it pretty difficult for the first probably six to 12 months. Um, what was most difficult? Um, uh, probably coming across from Melbourne, um, there was a few people that were wanting or aspiring to the role that I had come into. Mm -hmm. Um I didn't have those relationships to be able to call on people to go, hey, I need this done. Can you help me out with this? Um, 
So building those, you really start from the ground again. Um, and then even with your team as well, building those relationships, you know, our team was huge. Um, there was mm-hmm. two hours on the project. I had one of them um, and there was another PM for the other one. So our project team was over 50 people. Um, so, you know, building those relationships with your own team members takes time um, and building that trust with people takes time. It's not just your team. It's your subbies. It's your consultants. It's your client. Um, so, yeah, that was all of that was a challenge. Um, and then just getting through the, the day-to-day workflow as well. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you didn't come across at the beginning of the project, did you? You came in sort of uh, uh, after it started. Yeah, so I came in sort of at the end of the retention system going in uh, and the start of the dig. Um, Mm. So there was a 12-month retention wall process that we went through prior, um, services, rediversions, all of that. And then, yeah, we started digging. We had a couple of cranes up when I landed um, and we were just in the process of starting the top-down construction. Mm. So. Um, yeah, it was a good place to come in, I suppose, from my side of things. Um, but, yeah, it was really, you hit the ground running. Um, there wasn't any breathing room with that one. So, and, um, and, 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 and a, um, a, a very high-quality product that you, you, you're producing there. It's not just a, um, you know, difficult project um, or challenging project in terms of the, the, you know, the delivery process, the actual um, finish and the client and the expectation is, was enormous, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. Um, and, you know, from our own point of view, we wanted to be delivering the best product that we possibly could um, and then also delivering that for our client, Fires Consortium, and obviously for Marriott Group and the Ritz-Carlton. You know, the Ritz is a six-star brand. It's a global brand. Um, yeah. And it was the first Ritz-Carlton back into Australia after 25 years. Yeah. The last Ritz-Carlton uh, was in Sydney and, and they took the brand um, offshore again um so yeah to have that it was also the 100th ritz carlton to open as well so you know it was a bit of a pinnacle um yeah have have you had a chance to actually stay in the hotel uh i haven't actually gone back and stayed (laughs) um i suppose as a guest as such i stayed for a one night uh, during sort of our commissioning phase, and I went, oh, I can't, I can't even sleep. Um, <laughs> listen for everything. Um, yeah, right. so, oh, is that the idea? Yeah. You're actually in there, sort of specifically listening for as, as the building sort of um, um, turns over. Yeah, and just understanding, you know, where the little quirks are and what we need to work through, and when yeah. people are raising different issues, they have a very robust process that they go through to sort of. Um, we're in the hotel um, yeah. before guests say. So I'd be getting these lists back, come, right, this needs to change or there's a, a noise with the mechanical system or and I went, I need to hear some of these for myself or I need to try this for myself just so that they're not trying to call my bluff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I didn't have a good night's sleep because I was just up. <laughs> What, what's going on here? What am, what am I listening for? Who am I calling tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock? Who am I yeah. getting on to start? So, um, no room yeah. service. <laughs> no, no, there's definitely <laughs> Um I think the payback, I think I got woken up at about 1 o'clock um, with them wanting to fill the minibar fridge and I was like, what's going on here? Then I was like, oh, that's payback for all the times that I've said to the guys, keep going, keep going, keep going, get the job done. Yeah. Um, so. 
but no, and then COVID hit, so I haven't actually had a chance to get back to Perth, unfortunately. So I would like to stay as a guest. Um, but yeah, when Not when yet. the borders reopen. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they'll sort of you know let you in and uh, treat treat you like royalty and uh, look after you. <laughs> um, what's, yes, um, we'll what's, you you've, you've mentioned um, you've sort of alluded to a couple of the projects that you've done there, and you've done some great projects. But what 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 have you got a favourite project? Is there anything in particular that stands out? Oh, I'd say I've got three major projects um, in my career that have really been highlights. Whether it was the project itself, um, the team that I worked with, um, the relationships that I built, or the just the you know the learnings that I got out of that. Um, one, obviously, the Ritz, like it was a bucket list six star hotel, the bucket list job for me. Um, mm-hmm. So tick that one off. Um, but you know that also wasn't just a bucket list. It really taught me a lot about myself. Um, during my time on that project, I invested in getting a career coach um, and that really helped me to develop and have um, an awareness around my skill sets. Um, so that helped. That definitely helped me um, in building myself and my confidence. Um, then I'd say the ABC project, which was my last project in Melbourne, that was my first job to deliver as a PM. Um, the team that we had there, you know, we still talk about it t- today. Um, we had such a good relationship um, as a as a bigger team, and there's you know lifelong friendships that I've got from that project, mm. um, which is great. Given that you're sort of leading that project, um, having pe- being able to bring people on that journey with you to see an outcome, which is what the clients after, um, mm. is pretty pretty impressive um and then the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne you know that was my that was my debut into construction I suppose um that job apart from you know it it changes people's lives um you know for the better but not always but if it's a place that we can provide comfort to children and to families in the time of need then that's an amazing outcome Mm. it's a space that changes it can change people's perception on how their own health is um, travelling. It can take people's attention away from what they're having to deal with from a clinical and a medical side of things. Um, but then that project, you know, there was people that I worked with there that were amazing. Um, my construction manager there at the time, I remember just one day going, I want to be like him. <laughs> um, and for the people that know him, um, they go, oh, Okay, fair enough. He was <laughs> so good at what he did. It was that side of things. Yeah. Um, he's so good at what he, he does and what he still does. Um, and you know, that really stuck with me and it's stuck with me and I think it will continue to stick with me for forever and a day. Um, yeah. The passion that he brought to his work, the willingness to help and support his team um, and the drive that he had, um, amazing Mm. Um, and then all the people that supported me through that project as well and worked with and taught me. Um, yeah, it was amazing. So, yeah, if there's no one project, I would say that's my favourite. But three fantastic projects and, yeah. uh, and, and and good reasons for all of them being uh, favourites in different ways. That's yeah. great. Um, are, are you looking forward to getting back out on site? Have you got any idea when that might be? I am looking forward to getting back on site. Um, that's been something that I have really probably struggled with um, 
not being on site um, because my mindset for the last 11 years has just been site, go, 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 go. Um, And having that change of step in new business um, has really been something that I found difficult to grapple with. I was very close to getting onto site uh, the middle of the year and a few things didn't work uh, in favour of, I suppose, completing a contractual negotiation there. Um, But at the same time, it's also given me a bit of space to um, enjoy a bit of life Mm. um, and to not be switched on all the time, um, which is... I really struggled with that, um, not being on work-wise all the time. Um, but it's also been a good thing. It's been a good thing for my mental health and my phys- physical health. Um, and then I suppose moving into a new city as well, it's really helped to be able to build my my network of friends um, because I've been able to invest time into building those relationships as well. So, you yeah, know, it's definitely been, um, there's definitely been some positives to it. Um, which is fantastic, um, and that's been as much a, a lesson for myself as anything. Fantastic, that's awesome. Um, um, safety and quality has been a consistent theme through your career, hasn't it? You've won awards from Narwick, from uh, from ProBuild. Um, what is it about your approach that um, uh, that means that you get that recognition um, from from organisations and you know in, in your own company? Um. um I suppose at the end of the day, everyone that comes to work needs to be going home in exactly the same way, if not in a better way, um, than what they arrived um, Mm. at the start of the day. And that's a very, I suppose, open sort of comment to make because we all know that, you know, construction is very stressful um, and everyone deals with their stresses in different ways. And obviously there is a lot of... um, you know, there's a lot of influences that affect your stress levels. Um, but at the same time, we still want everyone to be going home and coming back the next day um, with that same level of health and wellness. Mm. Um, so, you know, if something goes wrong on the project, you, def- you want to make sure that we're not making the same mistake again, whether it's a quality or a safety issue. Um and I suppose it's a lead from the top approach that I have had with all of that um, safety and quality. Um, I've got to set the standard uh, for my team to continue through with and we won't um, take subpar responses when it comes to safety and quality. Um, mm. If we need to deal with an issue, we deal with it. Um, there's no point pushing it to the side or you know, throwing it on, under the rug and hoping it goes away because it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, fantastic. But I think the most important thing is it's a team response when it comes to safety, mm. um, at the site level. You need everyone to be on board, and that's not just your own management team, it's your subcontractors, it's your consultants, it's everyone that steps foot through that gate um, mm. to come with that. No, Sorry, brilliant. And and no, that, I mean, and, and that is, that is exactly the approach that the industry needs to be thinking about in terms of um, COVID. COVID. Living with COVID, COVID restrictions, COVID protocols, whatever you want to call them, it's um, it's, it's it's you know it's, um, th- those um, elements are even more important than they were before, uh, and, and and they've been pushed right to the fore um, in in the past few years as well. Um, 
Um, uh, we are a short form podcast, so I'm going to ask you the, the penultimate yeah. question um, um, that I've got you for you today. Um, it, it is going to be an intro, you know, despite the fact that we know there's lots of tendering going on, we can see um, uh, an uptick in work next year. It, it's still going to be pretty challenging in the next um, sort of few years. What, what advice would you give to um, sort of young people or somebody looking to either start their career or progress their career in, you know, in, in the current environment? Um. For anyone new or that's in the industry and looking for whatever that next challenge is, um, invest in yourself. Um, I think that's really important. Um, spend the time either getting a coach or working with someone to help develop, you know, if you're looking for interviews, um, spending that time on that interview technique and your CV, that's mm. super important. Um roll your sleeves up, have that conversation with people to try and just try and find that pathway into whatever that role is that you're after. Um, and most of all, roll your sleeves up and give it a go because there's plenty of people out there that want those opportunities. Mm. Um, get in there and back yourself. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Back yourself. If you want it, back yourself. Yeah, fantastic. Really good advice. Um, and finally, our last question, um, as always, um, what are you excited about going forward? Going forward, um, there's plenty of opportunities coming up. So there is, there's going to be some great projects that are a sort of follow-on to the infrastructure boom that's coming our way. Um, so there's going to be some great jobs that we can build out there, but there's also um, the ability to change the way that our industry works um, and their outcomes caused by COVID, I suppose, um, in flexible working environments that we can create, um, increasing our safety and safety awareness on sites and how we deliver projects. Um, and for me personally, I've been nominated as a committee member for the Property Industry Foundation. Um, so working with um, Property Industry Foundation to help deliver their next projects is pretty exciting as well. So um, Fantastic. that'll also keep me busy I think for the next couple of years so yeah absolutely and I, and I have to say I'm excited to see what project you're going to run next um, oh my <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us is there um, I know this is another question but is is there another bucket list sort of type of project that you'd like to do is is there a, something yeah. that you think oh, I'd really like to have to get something you know in that in that particular space um, I suppose my you know, I'd be more than happy to deliver another hotel, um, mm. a high-quality hotel, obviously. Um, you know, my mandate in the previous large project that we were sort of talking about um, kicking off, the big thing for me was developing that next team or the next couple of teams mm. and developing help to develop the skill set of the person that takes over my role. Um, that, for me, was sort of my bucket list um, for the mm. next to 18 months. So, you know, I've probably got to adjust my expectations on what the project is. Um, but in terms of what I'm developing and what I'm achieving, my success will be um, helping to deliver a project team that can take on that next um, that next big project for themselves and helping to create or helping to be a part of the journey of the next person that becomes my role. Brilliant. I love it. Fantastic. What a great way to finish. Um, Kirsty, congratulations on your, on your achievements so far. Um, good luck with all of your endeavours um, going forward and thank you ever so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me, Patty. I appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Um, thank you and goodbye. Thank you. 
Integrated infrastructure is powered by NorthSearch, specialists in executive and technical search across engineering, design, construction, property and energy markets in Australia. If you'd like to find out more about NorthSearch or get involved with this podcast, you can click on the links in the show notes or email me directly at the address on the screen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Integrated Infrastructure. Please tell your friends and colleagues if you did, and we hope to see you again soon.